The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the power of water and your health and the water crisis that's going on in the world that can be eventually solved. You know, everything that you live with every day appears to be an obstacle. And obstacles are to solve, and I think our outlook with the balancing of the ecosystem is so important to your outlook and what we learn. You know, that Sharon Kleiner Hour, The Power of Water, Earth's Human Mission means Earth's Human Mission is you and I and all of us joining together to see what we could do to bring the future of what gives us our healthy planet an opportunity to have an eternity uh, and live here to learn every day what we can do together as a planet. You know, it is a planet, and for whatever miracle the planet Earth was chosen has the water. Did you know there is a crisis, though? And it has to be solved, and it can be done with education, not with any other extreme uh, directions, just with powerful education. I was a guest speaker at the Blue Mountain Middle School in Cortland, Cortland Manor, New York, recently, and the one student said, what are we going to do if, it would, if we would lose all the water? I said, that's not going to happen. We're all together doing this and join us. We're going to do this together. Now, for you to learn in this classroom, we've had the most wonderful guests that any show host could have. I cannot believe the guests. And through the period of time, starting our fourth year here now, is we've had guests that come on, leave their very busy professional lives at the moment, leave patients behind for the moment or what they're doing, and join us with a classroom of education. We're like the laboratory. What can we learn together? What can make you feel healthier? What can make the, uh, the world come together and, and understand what we must do? As you know, we've had a show in Thailand. We've had the show go to um, Holland. We've had the show in England. We've had the show in Rome uh, with our guests. So as time goes by, we're going all over the world. But now this is something before I begin the new show, this show today, and I'll tell you about our very special guest today. But I want you to think this way. The moment you were born, you left a pocket of water. You like you came out of a pool. You entered into the world into that delivery room. You became dry, no longer water. You had to depend upon when your eyes opened, the eyelid opened. At that moment, there was an organ. The eye organ wasn't covered by the skin all day. But the eyes have a tear film, a film that covers the surface of the eye. But the eyes must maintain 
to give you healthy eyesight, 98% to 99% water. Now, if the air is too dry and you're not drinking enough water, are you able to prevent your problems of eyesight that could happen if you don't have enough moisture, water in the eye? The skin becomes dry. And at that moment, with that, the, you don't have the water around you, but the skin is 80 to 90% water. So what are you going to do if the, if the air is too dry and you're not drinking enough water? because melanoma is on the increase because we're not detecting it in time. But it is the one cancer that if you detect it in time, you will live. It can be solved. It can be cured. I could go on and on and on the diseases. The world is in a fresh water crisis. What can we learn? Because we need moisture coming from fresh water on the surface for the air to attract the moisture levels, the, the climate, and all of the... Uh, the cycles that the universe is requiring. We need that fresh water on the surface for life to be healthy. So we need to learn more. And the show will teach us about a healthier life, what we can do as together on this earth to be make it a healthier uh, fresh waters and healthier sanitation for those billion, 1.1 billion people don't have adequate water and sanitation. 5,000 children are dying a day, increasing because they don't have enough water and sanitation. Let's do something about it. We know obstacles can be solved. Today, I have a very exciting guest. Robert Ware and I had talked to each other some time ago, and we've had him on. He's in Kalamazoo, Michigan. He's a writer, author, and speaker. He's editor and author of Earth Day. And Earth Day is absolutely, to me, the most exciting moment for all of us to think about and bring it into your family, bring it into your children. But he's going to teach us something that we need to learn about it. And to, I, to me, Robert is one of the special people on this planet. I'm really excited to have him back on. Then our second guest is going to be C- Cynthia Kochler from Akron, Ohio. She's a medical doctor and author of 101 Ways to Save Money, on healthcare and your topics. In other words, if you work hard every day to be healthier and you want the planet to be healthier, you may not need to worry as much about the medications because you're learning how to eat right, sleep right, drink plenty of water. So we're going to learn a lot from Cynthia. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the only natural method of moisturizing that tear film uh, with just a mist. Sold nationwide and on the internet with naturestears.com. And we'll listen, we'll listen to our sponsor for this very special show. And we'll be right back with Robert Weir. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to talk. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Listen. The world is talking. 
the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Robert, are you with us? Hello there. How are you this morning? I'm fine, Sharon. How are you doing? Well, I am fine, and thank you for taking time because I know you're busy getting ready to to leave and you're going uh, where are you going for the next few months uh in a couple of words i'm going around the world northern hemisphere Uh uh-huh and i'm leaving uh, a week from today well thank you for taking the moment to join us again before you leave you're You're the author of earth day and would you educate our listeners uh, about what uh, the concerns you've had and what what happened what's what's when's earth day well uh let me uh, mention something else in a moment. Actually, the book that I authored is called Peace, Justice, Cure of Earth, and it is a biography about John McConnell, who is the founder of the original Earth Day, which answers your second question. The original Earth Day is on the spring equinox, which was this past weekend on uh, the 21st. Mm-hmm. And uh, many people believe that Earth Day is April 22, and that is the, what I call the popular Earth Day. It's the one most people know about. But the original and the man who is on the spring equinox and the man who created uh, the original Earth Day is John McConnell. And interestingly enough, there was a big celebration at the United Nations this past weekend in conjunction with the spring equinox the original, the true Earth Day. The true Earth Day. Now, explain, because we're in a classroom, to our listeners, spring equinox around the world. Why is that so special? Well, the spring equinox is one of two days each year when the northern and southern hemisphere share the sunlight equally. And so it is a, is a day of equality, world equality. Uh, if we are standing on the uh, equator on the spring equinox as well as the fall equinox, then we do not cast a shadow. It's uh, the sunrise or the sunset at the poles uh, on those days, the one day a year when the sun rises and sets at the North Pole and the South Pole. Now, what is the important signal, I want to almost say symbol, but signal to the planet that that has happened? The signal to the planet? Mm-hmm. What does that mean to the planet, all over the planet? That when this happens, what begins? Well, um, you know, uh, physically, within the, the planet, it means that uh, the planet is passing from one season to the other, uh, mm-hmm. going from winter to spring or from season until fall. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the people on the planet, the significance of the spring Earth Day or the, the vernal, excuse me, the spring equinox or the vernal equinox, uh, especially for those of us in the northern hemisphere where most of the people live, it is a day of, um, of rebirth. Yeah. You know, yeah. there are holy days and holidays yeah. associated with this. Uh, Easter is associated not necessarily with the spring equinox, but it's also it's a spring holiday. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the Persian uh, New Year called Nowruz is on the spring equinox. And there's a lot of just biblical and spiritual and 
in physiological association, biological association, with this first day of spring, which is, you know, that makes it the ideal day for the <laughs> celebration of Earth Day, which Wonderful. is what John McConnell had it, in it mind. It is. It is the perfect time. Yes, yes. That isn't an artificial time. It's the perfect time. It is a natural time, as John McConnell said. The spring equinox is nature's global holiday, mm-hmm. where the April 2 Earth Day, excuse me, the April 22 Earth Day was a manufactured day, a human-made day. Yeah, and, uh, to, you know, it's, it's got a and, whole John, and Robert, that's what I wanted to do, is I wanted the listeners to know, and I'm very, I, I become open-minded with what humans want to do. We all are human, but we have a tendency to want to tell the world what we want. In the world, and yet not let Earth live its its uh, beauty and its nature, and uh, the equinox is the nature of Earth, and man should not be tampering with that one. Also, uh, that's why I brought that up. Um, and you are yes. being very polite about how <laughs> how that is so being correct. done. <laughs> and I'm going to say to the listeners, the politicians got in the directions of what you, they want you to do by just, uh, saying April 22nd is going to be the politicians' Earth Day, but the real origina- original Earth Day from was the spring equinox, which is around March 20th, and yes. it became a, a very a, much of a holiday all over the world and. The religions and different religions and, and people all together all over the world, probably way before they had a name for it, were celebrating, not knowing that the planet had other people on planet celebrating. Uh, our forefathers, our, our originators on this earth, had such occasions because of the way the earth was. They, they celebrated seasons. They celebrated rain. They celebrated uh, all these things that we never celebrate. Yes, yes. Well, if you look at the Stonehenge in England, you know, here are these pillars of multi-ton stones that are set up that uh, there are a couple of key stones that are in direct alignment with the spring, with sunrise on the morning of the spring equinox. Uh So there is just this whole global celestial celebration that people have been celebrating for, for millennia Sharon is mm-hmm. all associated with the spring equinox. Oh, how, isn't it exciting? It is. It, it is. makes it's life exciting. You know, we have these things every day that we deal with called obstacles to solve. But my gosh, the earth is, we're living with earth, and it is such an excitement that if you take the worst tragedy of your life and turn it into the nature of earth and what we're trying to do to live here, this is exciting. Now, you're going to go on a tour. And how long are you going to be gone? I am going to be gone about five months. Uh-huh. And the reason, uh, is it because of a new book you've got? Well, it, there is some work related to, with this project, very definitely. Uh-huh. And, um, but actually, three things came together, uh, each a month apart. And Sharon, I said, uh, there's no point in going back to uh, the United States or back to my home in Michigan between each of these three events. Mm-hmm. The first is that I'm a volunteer with an organization in Kalamazoo, Michigan, that is in a like a sister city relationship with the uh, the community of Pushkin, Russia. Oh. And Russia or Pushkin is celebrating. This is named after the poet Pushkin. It, it is celebrating its uh, 300th anniversary. Uh, on interestingly enough, around the summer solstice, which is also you know a, a nature's holiday, oh. and 
And so there at the time of the white night, because the sun, well, it goes down, but it doesn't get dark in, in northern Russia at that time of year, I'll be joining some people from Kalamazoo who are going to be celebrating this tricentennial with the people from Russia. Then I found out that a friend of mine is getting married in Barcelona, Spain, in the month of May, mm-hmm. and I've got a client who um, who is running an event uh, in India in July, and so what I, I decided to go and participate as a support individual for that, too. Now, what are you so, going to be doing in India? Uh, there's a there's an ultra marathon. Mm-hmm. With the, some people are going to be running in the Himalayas, uh, 135 miles in 60 hours. Oh my gosh! And what's the co- is there a cause? Uh, a cause, you say? Yeah. Is there a reason they're doing that other than they want to <laughs> challenge well, the effort? The, the race organizer is making it a global awareness kind of event or That's a nature mentioned. event. But also many of these runners are in what we might call middle age or even beyond a little bit middle age. Uh-huh. And some of their points or their messages that the body can do tremendous things. Okay. Uh, the person I know who's going there uh, st- is 52. She started running when she was 48. Uh-huh. And, and she's run in the Sahara, Death Valley, and now going to be running in the Himalayas. Oh my gosh! Now, from a I'm glad I asked those questions. Well, uh, from a water perspective, Sharon, I want to interject another part of my story. Is that I'm going to be sailing across the Atlantic Ocean. I'll be on the water for 16 days from Barbados to Spain. Oh my gosh! Yes, on a tall ship. A on, a, on, on a what ship? A tall ship. A tall uh, ship. Uh, a five-masted clipper ship. Oh my gosh! And, you know, hopefully, without they won't have to turn the motors on, and we will just go across the ocean, powered by the wind, filling the sails. Oh my gosh! And, and where are you going to be start. doing, Robert? Where are you going to be doing this at? From Barbados to Malaga, Spain. Oh my goodness! I'll be arriving about ten days before my friend is getting married in May. Oh, how exciting! Well, I, I know the cell phone probably won't work from there, or I'd say, oh, my gosh, can we tune in? <laughs> well, and that's why I'm so glad that we are having this phone conversation today while I'm still connected to a landline. <laughs> <laughs> and well, what will you feel like when you can't, when the cell phone or, you know, and no computer, you'll be 16 days of feeling the earth and smelling the fresh air. <laughs> I think there's going to be a sensation of liberation because of that connection with water and air, two of the essential elements that are much more important to than my, having my fingers on a keyboard. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my, yes. In fact, I've got to ask you: uh, did, did you have you seen the National Geographic for the month of April? I have not. It's the whole issue is water. Oh, I had somebody water. call me, and we had a National Geographic photographer on not too long ago, and. And he never said anything about it. But anyway, um, somebody called me and said, did you know the April National Geographic is water? And I said, you're kidding. So I got a hold of my Amazon group, and I ordered it. And then I went to my newsstand when they finally got it in uh, on the newsstand Friday. And I bought four of them. And I went, I said, got in the car with my husband, Bill, and I said, Bill, we went around the block, and, and Robert, I went around the block and bought them all. <laughs> and you're going to love it. It, uh, it is absolutely, it's, um, it's the world rivers, uh, the water footprint, uh, the special issue of water, our thirsty world, and what we're doing with the world of water. And I feel like I, I developed it, because when you see the cover, you'll wonder if I was part of it. I wasn't. 
but oh my gosh, it is just absolutely, it, it allows you to be exciting, get excited about mm-hmm. the future and what you're doing. And now, when you get into um, the area of getting to the equator and you're traveling like this, and of course you're going to be writing no end of notes. So I hope I get to get you on the show when you get back in five months. Well, yes. In fact, I mean, here's an invitation I want to extend to your listeners, Sharon, is that I am in the process of having somebody update my website, actually completely redesign it mm-hmm. so that it will have blogging capability, and hopefully that will be up very soon. And so I want to give my, my uh, website address, my okay. URL, and invite your listeners to come and read my blogs, oh. starting, let's say starting mid to, to late April. Okay. And I hope the website will be up by then. Uh-huh. So my URL, my website address is www.robertmartinweir.com. So it's my name, Robert M. as in Martin, Weir, W-E-I-R.com. Robert, we're going to listen to our sponsor, and we're going to come back, and we're going to go further into our lab here to teach people about the importance of the Earth Day uh, celebration. Uh, We'll be right back. We're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist, the natural method of moisturizing the eye. We'll be right back with Robert Weir. You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. That's Sharon Hour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. You know, you're going to be traveling and um, going into, uh, you're obviously, uh, hopefully, going to be writing a book again on uh, your trip and your marvels and the nature of what's going on, Robert. You, yes. you got, uh, you know, when I have a guest on, we always like to get to know who our guest is. And you told us in one of our, what, the first show, what, what, how did you get started in doing what you did with your, I'm calling this a mission. Um, how long have you been doing this? Um, mission, and what do you think was the first message that got you started? Are you talking about my mission as a writer, Sharon? Mission as a writer and the earth. You've you've really uh, gotten concentrating on nature. Well, 
it would have to start with my upbringing, of course, and I'll thank my parents for this. Uh, I was raised in a family-owned business. Uh, We sold farm machinery to the, we were part of the agricultural infrastructure of southeastern Michigan Mm -hmm. at a time when international, or excuse me, when um, implement dealerships, my dad sold international harvester and farm all. Mm-hmm. At that time, dealerships were prevalent. The, there was a lot of people who needed the tractors, and, and this was before corporate farming when the farmers were families, right. the, almost exclusively. And not that there are not families involved in the corporate farms, but, but it was a different atmosphere. Everybody in the family worked. Yeah, on the farm. and I worked in my dad's business. I, I was responsible for inventory, and I learned over-the-counter customer service and sales. I worked, learned how to take tractors apart with my dad's mechanics, mm-hmm. and just a hands-on kind of operation. So I, I've always enjoyed being close to the earth. And I, was, I live in the Great Lakes Basin with its 20% of the world's fresh water. Uh, I love the water, and I've come to be a sailor later on in my life. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I've always been good in the languages, in English more than mathematics, and it was among the better spellers and writers. And I even love diagramming sentences, if you can imagine back in no, the No, I can't understand that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there, there's just a, it's that science of writing that I've always appreciated. Mm-hmm. And been involved in communications. You know, I was a, a lecturer in my uh, family's church services and participated in school plays and and the theatrical side of, um, of entertainment as a young person. And I got involved in environmental writing, oh gosh, somewhat unconsciously, uh, because I began to write opinion columns in the newspaper about the environment, and just to away- raise awareness of mm-hmm. how precious the earth is. I've written about bogs and... Uh, Oh, water quality. And, and then I wrote John McConnell's biography in 2006, and John taught me something very important about the relationship between peace and social justice and the environment. He called those three elements a three-legged stool, that we need to get along with each other, be peaceful with each other through understanding each other. We also need to share the world's resources, including water, with each other. And then when we have peace and social justice, we will really begin to take care of the planet. You know, that's why I called um, this radio talk show The Power of Water. Yes. I I, I know for a fact, because I'm... um, as listeners, um, many of them know and, and are aware of that I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research, and I've been studying water for 30 years and the health of water and Earth's health of water, human health and animal health. And, and then when I decided to say, I'm going to call it the power of water, people thought, oh, my gosh, is this going to be a tanker? <laughs> you know? And I had already challenged the world with my ideas and my uh, real research um, directions in how powerful water is in your everyday health. Where, where, where are we with it? <laughs> and chemistry kind of took over, but it, I decided, okay, can we bring water first and chemistry second? And the power of water radio talk show, the future of it, to go all over the world in time is absolutely exciting. And 
the water issues, the water stories, and oh, and, and Robert, water war. Yes. You know, uh, when you're traveling, and keep your notes for me on what do they have not na- announced, that there's a water controversy, water um, uh, tragedies, water wars going on that they're not even talking about on the news yes. media. Yes. And well, talk- it doesn't mean I want you, the world to think, oh, my gosh, we're going to have, oh, my, oh, we may be out of water because somebody's going to rob our water. What we do is you just said it. We want the peace of man and life to sit down and talk if they can. But you always have to, I do have to realize that that awareness is tough because there's always going to be a renegade in the group that could say, I'm going to take over and I'm going to, I'm going to uh, rob, steal, and cheat you, but I'll be smooth at it. In other words, I'll smile at you while I'm doing it or I'll, uh, I will kill you while I'm doing it, I should say, like a war. But uh, then you come along and you want to have the social justice to it all, and then you come along to the environment. Well, if people find a, a cause all over the world that the water crisis and, and sanitation crisis is killing 5,000 children a day. Yeah. Now, they don't want to do it for the tall people. I call them adults. But do it for the children yeah. and our generations to come. Well, on March 22nd, this past March 22nd, is uh, World Water Day. As we, yes, we, we had a Nations. guest from Holland that day, Robert. We Correct. were in Holland with our guest, and, um, and it was really fascinating to hear below the sea level what Holland has had to do for over 800 years. That was fascinating. And we had the author, Stephen Solomon, who was in um, Italy at the time, but he did take the time to stop and talk with us. The, uh, he is the author of Water, that new book, Out Water. But uh, back to uh, the world and what you say, the justice and bringing the peace together. If people would use the ca- a cause called water, that we, yeah. what can we do to help each other know that life cannot exist without the water? And once you in- understand how vital that is, and that water you don't see in the air too, Robert, uh, I've had scientists on saying, too, Sharon, we call that the fluid of the air. It's the water, the humidity that we must have to, li- to live, that the organism of the body must survive. But it's the, wa- it's the water we don't see that's uh, yeah. in the air that is so vital. But if we're having a world fresh water crisis, of course, Robert, we're going to have a world crisis in health and disease and sanitation. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, when you're out on the ocean and you're traveling on your uh, sails, uh, what time do you usually get up? What time do you usually go to bed? How do you do? You have uh, lanterns. What do you do? Generator. What is the? What do you have a plan to do? What are you going to be eating? I'm anxious to hear all this. Well, th- this is kind of a luxury sailboat. Uh, okay, it's 400, <laughs> it's 400 feet long and with oh five, five masts. Uh, it, it is like going on a cruise ship, except for it is powered by sail. Uh-huh. And there are many, many fewer passengers. I believe the passenger list will be something like 270 people uh-huh. uh, with a crew, including food staff, in okay. about 120 people. Oh, how so, beautiful. So, so uh-huh. the food is, going, is part of the cost of the passage. Uh-huh. Now, I have been on tall ships where I worked as a, as a volunteer crew, and uh-huh. I understand on this ship, it's called the uh, the Royal Clipper. 
that I will be able to pull some lines, but I, tr- I tried to get passage to see if I could work my way across the ocean, and they, they don't do that, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but as far as, far as getting up, l- let me answer that. Um, w- when I sailed on tall ships before or sailed in multi-day offshore races, the sleep pattern is that you are on for four hours and then off for four hours. Mm-hmm. or maybe possibly off for eight hours, uh-huh. depending on how many people are on the crew. So uh-huh. it's a very fragmented day. Every four hours you have to be up and working the boat, and every four hours you get to rest and get something to eat. Oh, my goodness. And I don't know if I'm going to need to do that on this particular voyage, uh, but I love to be up with the sunrise when I'm out on the water. I was going to say, yeah. Yes. And the moon will be growing. We set sail, I think, the day after the new moon, and we arrive a day before the full moon. So I'm going to be up at night, too, and, you know, just... Enjoying I'm sitting here at my desk working all that time and trying to do what I do and and my and and you know and I this is absolutely the greatest vision. <laughs> well, another writer mentioned at one time a writer can go anywhere with a purpose. Exactly. Or my motto is have a laptop, will travel. If you remember the old Paladin series, yeah. and he had a business card that says have gun, will travel. Yes, well, I do. My, my gun is my laptop. So I have laptop, will travel, because my clients lately are international. A decade ago, yeah. Sharon, I was working with corporations all within driving distance of where uh-huh. I live. Now I have clients in Russia, Chile, oh. in New Zealand, in uh, California, Colorado, Florida. I don't have to be at any particular place. In well, order to and by the way, life. you're going to India. Now, I just had, coincidentally, this weekend, a, a, a company here from India. And uh, we were talking about the water issues and the problems of health and water and the, the electricity that's inconsistent. And, and, of course, you're going to see a lot of environmental challenges that their country yeah. is trying to master how to, what, to, what to learn to do. Yes. And, and as you know, their middle class is growing very quickly and very, very successful. Very well, successful. And when I got my, my health immunization shots, I mean, the, my physician and the travel nurse, you know, warned me, be careful of what you eat and drink in countries like India yeah. because the water is contaminated there. You know, don't, like don't even eat fruit or vegetables that may have been washed in the water. That's true. For us in the United States, that, and for me so far, because I've not traveled enough in my life, this is going to be a, an environmental and health-oriented culture shock. And what you might do for me and their audience is, along the way, learn some of those things that you've learned about yes. when there's a water sanitation challenge issue, it does cause a problem of disease. And can you imagine... Uh, people all over the world going and getting sick and they can't travel too much farther until they're well again. And that does happen. It's a very common story. We only have about a minute left. How would you like to close with your audience? We'll call it your audience today before you sail on. (laughs) I'd like to mention my website again. Okay. www.robertmweir.com. And I'm the author of Peace, Justice, Care of Earth, which is the biography of John McConnell, who founded the original Earth Day on the spring equinox, and also thank the Earth, um, 
the Earth Society Foundation, who hosted their, oh gosh, since 1971, there's been an Earth Day celebration at the United Nations. They did so this past weekend and featured uh, a speaker or a statement from the Secretary General about World Water Day and had yeah. other international speakers there. And so celebrate Earth Day on the spring equinox. That's the original, that's, that's the, the only day. Celebration. Where yes. we, that's the only time. Well, you well, sail, and you have a wonderful life ahead of you here coming. And I want to thank you for taking time again f- to be with us today. It's my pleasure, Sharon. Thank you so much for inviting me to be here Bless with you. Bless have you. And have a nice day. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. Bye, Robert. I know you learned a lot, and do go to his website because you will learn a lot, and he is now sailing into, we'll call it, the moon set. You heard about the moon and what he's going to be doing, and the real true day of the Earth Day is not what the politicians want. And it's time we all started realizing that the life that we live on this planet belongs to each individual and that the politicians cannot decide nature. You know that the original Earth Day was designated by the United Nations, John McConnell, the founder, and more, to be on the day of the Earth equinox, where everybody was sharing a moment of nature at that time. That's my outlook on it. I'll let you share yours. And I always say to everybody, you go study what you think is important. And see, always be willing to study and learn and both sides of everything. We're going to take a moment with our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. As you know, each of your eyes has a clear tear film, and the tear film must maintain 98 to 99% fresh water. If it does not get enough fresh water, your eyes can have a, a problem with your eyesight. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only product that's available for fresh water to, with just a mist for your eyes. It's sold nationwide over in the eye drop department. So we'll listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist with Just a Mist, and we'll be right back with Cynthia. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel, where the world comes to listen and talk. You're listening.
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Dr. Kochler, are you with us? Hello. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, you have a special subject uh, that I like studying myself. Is uh, in other words, um, uh, you're you're involved in 101 ways to save money on healthcare, and I'm very much convinced if people receive really good education and and we reach out like a classroom with shows like this and others, that the people will learn that the nature of your health should be studied by yourself every day, and you might find yourself healthier because you get to know who you are. Uh, What is your goal on natural health? Ideally, we could all work with natural health. Uh, My my book is aimed an awful lot at uh, medicines Mm -hmm. and what we can do now because people are not so healthy necessarily, but um, prevention is the uh, answer to most health problems, which I imagine you would agree with. Yes. In fact, they have proven it, that preventative medicine education is vital, doctor. Um, What have you been learning that we can learn today? Well, no one's asked me that question. I like that question. (laughs) Well, look at this show, The Power of Water and Your Health Issues, to be uh, a classroom. And teach us what you've been learning and and what you think is so important for people to think about. You know, I look at it this way, Doctor. When you get out of bed in the morning, you touch the ground like everybody does, and you begin your day. And the day should getting to know who you are, the person. Each individual should get to know who they, the, how they live with this planet, how they live with their day, and, and obstacles are to solve, and what are your issues with your food intake, and you're drinking plenty of water, and how are you handling your own stress, and don't blame it on somebody, how are you handling it, and, and that's where I come from with my studies, but I would like for you to tell us what you've been learning, and see if we can get some of these secrets out that, uh, that can be learned. Yes. Well, I, I started really thinking about saving money on health care in a formalized manner about a year ago. Now, before that, it was more uh, just as the subject would come up with my patients, and so it was more one-on-one, but in 20 years of medical care, that comes up thousands and thousands of times. And uh, I think after I wrote this book, 101 Ways to Save Money on Health Care, what I really started thinking was, now, this is something that they ought to be teaching in high school, not just the parts of the body, not just sex education. They should teach a person how to really take care of themselves, and that would cut down on doctor visits an awful lot, and certainly cut down on medicines an awful now, lot. Now, did you direct your book toward the, a certain an age group, too, like that, to encourage that? Uh, no, but I think that would be another book. Oh, I think that's a book, <laughs> doctor. I, you know, I have said way back in time, um, Many years ago when I was much younger, um, I'm 68 years old today, but way back when I was in my 20s, I was president of American Cancer Society, founder of a hospital auxiliary, and sat on the State Board of Health for education of health and issues and had a large a teen group uh, um, here in the United States to, for health reasons. And I found that the younger you reach them, they get excited, doctor. I mean, I was just a guest speaker at a school in upper New York along the Hudson a week ago last Thursday, and 
and the kids, they brought in a student body of kids, and I was going to be discussing water. And, and at first, you know, uh, they, the faculty thought, you know, this is going to be an exciting new education, but they really thought the kids in an hour might get restless. Doctor, they went a half an hour longer. Mm. Those kids were so excited about the way I was talking about water and health and issues of what can be solved and what must be done and, and how they're made up of water and, and how to think about what, how we're living our lives and drinking water and health issues. And, and I think the faculty were just shocked, doctor, shocked that those kids could sit there that long and, and find it. And when we were, when I was a guest speaker, when I was all done, I couldn't believe they chow- shouted and cheered and clapped. Mm. And uh, so the education to young people, they're starving to get to know. Uh, you know, they should be not embarrassed to get to like themselves. They should not be embarrassed to want to be vain enough to take good care of themselves. And that's yes. what your book could do. Uh, but tell us, um, now I'm going to say something to the world and to you. You couldn't have had, I couldn't have had you on at a better time when, the United States just passed their first health care uh, planning for everybody to be on their health care plan. But what do you health- think of that? Well, I'm coming from a long term. I remember I always like to tell people my age, doctor, because uh-huh. <laughs> no, I come from an older world. I know I don't look that age, but I, I'm, I come from self-responsibility. Uh-huh. I come from the freedom of that responsibility. I do believe people should go out and learn how to uh, the, uh, take uh, uh, save their lives through learning better education and save money and not have to spend so much money on um, uh, t- taking better care of yourself. In other words, like you just said, alternative directions too. Yeah. I don't know. Something I thought about uh, through it all, uh, and it's going to be a lesson to learn. This is a new experience in our society, in our country. When we got a driver's license, we had a choice to drive or not and what that would take, what would be involved. Same thing with everything. This time it hits home base. It's in our doctor's offices, in our home. It's our privacy. Yes. And so I'm not going, uh, I'm going to try to be as open and, uh, and, mid- and, uh, and uh, fair-minded, but one thing I learned, doctor, and, and, and this is a classroom, and people can go study after we get off the air if they d- agree or disagree or what they want to learn. The one thing I've learned is when I've watched people through my life, if they had health insurance, they went to the doctor more frequently. Um, I do know that the ones that didn't have the, every bit of all of the health insurance package, they were more conscious of their health because they didn't have the whole health care package. If somebody else was, or something was paying the bill, they went more frequently and they had more problems. Uh, now, uh, the person who ends up being uh, with symptoms and diagnosis of serious problems, um, do they have the adequate insurance? But I don't know. My husband's from Holland, doctor. Mm-hmm. He moved here to get away from their health insurance plans. People have moved here not only for the freedom of entrepreneur and work, and, but also to be able to make their own decisions. And have it the the best health care plan in the world has been in the United States of America, uh, because their health care plans 
in their dental offices and were lined up. And they would have to live with decay for a long time before they got to the dental office. And they had to live with symptoms until they could get through the line to get into the office with whatever symptom. Uh, I was in Canada a year ago. Her, this one girl's father was in line with a heart problem, but he couldn't get into the hospital. They couldn't get into. He had to wait almost a year. Yes. Well, I'm uh, kind of afraid that um, if our medicine gets too socialized, that that would happen because, like you said, personal responsibility is a real key to health care, and uh, I I tried to address that a lot in the book. And you did also ask. Who was it aimed at? It's aimed at the average American adult. Uh-huh. It doesn't deal that much with pediatrics. Uh-huh. Uh, it does deal quite a bit with, um, say, Medicare-age people. But uh, it did lead me to think that really aiming at a younger audience is the next step. Oh, it is very important. E- education is the next step. Education, and- doctor, to me, I'm, I'm a, a very strange person. I'm the one who's the founder of taking the molecule and making it, trying to do something that the air isn't doing today, uh, a new product idea that needs to be a personal device to supplement with the moisture. And mm-hmm. I found myself education, education, education. I don't defeat easily. I don't think you probably do either because you're writing, you wrote a book. But I think this could go down to the brand-new baby being born, taking ho- taken home. Uh, something I found, doctor, in my studies, and I'll let you go back to your book, um, is the moment that baby was born, it entered into an air at that moment in that delivery room. We're not doing a meter test of dehydration. We're not following the 225 babies born that could have a cataract. We're not following uh, dehydration, I'm calling it, symptoms that are unique to each person. We need to follow that because they need to take responsibility of their own health. But who teaches that? The person who changes the diapers, the person who teaches them to brush their teeth, the person who teaches them to eat green vegetables and their carrots and not as much sugar. So, but again, let's learn about your book. Uh, The ways you learned on health care to save money. What were some of those secrets? I'm not sure they're all secrets, but I started out by saying um, avoid unnecessary doctor visits. And as you were saying a little (laughs) bit ago, people with insurance tend to go more than people without insurance. And uh, that's that's not always necessary, and it's not always even good. And if you don't have enough money, um, you can certainly learn ways to take care of yourself so you don't have to go as often. But I don't mean to not go when you have a problem. But don't be running in for things you don't need to see your doctor for. And which brings up the second idea, which is to partner with your doctor. You really need a doctor you can talk to, somebody who thinks at least somewhat along the lines that you think, not somebody whose thoughts are entirely different. In other words, we need to interview our doctors. In other words, yes, I think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're going to have a long-term terrible. relationship. I have an enormous doctor uh, team all over the country and the world that are, oh, absolutely, outrageously unusual. But, again, I've always said, you're right, doctor, interview and see if you match to your communications of your meeting. In other words, you need to learn from the doctor, but you need to communicate to where you're both on a wavelength that's comfortable to you to get your answers answered. Yes, and, and there's no sense sticking with the doctor for a decade if, if you really don't feel comfortable with them. Growing exactly. up, we were with a doctor who 
We oh, want is all that, that a good one? I agree with that. And I think all the doctors will tell you they would agree with that. And not every doctor jives with every patient and vice versa. So, exactly. We're human. Right. So find one there. And then um, let me jump to another idea, which is uh, relevant now because of the changes coming in to the healthcare system, and that is to think about going outside your insurance or outside whatever the system is and kind of doing things the way you want to. For example, if you think it would be valuable to talk to a doctor for half an hour about a number of things, ask your doctor, can I just come come up with a price? We'll come up with a price and buy a half an hour of your time, more or less. <laughs> you know. Some doctors are doing this. You know, I'm going to say, doctor, that is absolutely, and I hate to sound, I have been head of a medical research team for a long time, but I will say to you, that is a genius. Oh, I I think that's the way it used to be before insurance came in, more or less. Well, insurance, uh, it is a fact. Now, I need to say something else real quickly. Not to blame the companies and the insurance companies. They're all publicly held, doctor. If they're publicly held companies, we're not making money. Those portfolio managers will switch to the ones that were making money that they were investing in. So people have a tendency to blame insurance companies, but I'm going to go back to the real blame, the person, we people. You're mm-hmm. right. We need to get a smarter. We need to learn more. And so you're saying to call up the doctor and suggest, can I take a moment of your time, maybe 30 minutes, 15 minutes, but I've got some questions I'd like to ask. Right. And uh, I think I actually view my doctoring as mainly educating, uh, explaining how the body works and what you can do to change that. So Mm -hmm. it's not just pushing pills all the time. Certainly I prescribe plenty of medicines, but, but... Getting people to understand what's going on is the biggest challenge. And if people understand, they'll do much better. Um, well, what you mean is their education with them to understand that they're going to be healthier if they get in tune to themselves. Now, the other thing to think about, uh, doctor, and I often think this about this myself, and, and this is a good uh, subject here, um, is the person not rushing to the doctor but get to think out and write a, a log of, well, I'm not feeling good about this. I'm not, this is my symptom. This is this. This is that. Well, I've tried to figure it out. If I can figure it out, maybe I'll feel better. Did I not drink enough water that day? Maybe I ate too much sugar. Uh, Maybe I had something that didn't agree with me. Or maybe I have a relationship that I need to start working on uh, solving an obstacle with uh, to balance my stress level away. Uh, Stress can cause a lot of symptoms. Um, uh, that if a person, before they go finally to see the doctor, they even have a log of some of the things they've been learning. They're educating themselves about who they are. Yes, and it also makes it much easier to see because some problems have a delayed onset. Like one of the more common things I see like that is a person comes in with their back hurting, but they don't attribute it to anything because there's a time lapse uh, before swelling sets in, and so it doesn't hurt for a few days. Mm-hmm. So that they don't know what it was, and, but if you write it down... Or stomach problems. Like I see people pretty often who would come in and their stomach's upset, and I ask them what they ate and what they drank and what they did and what medicine they took. Did you drink enough water? <laughs> I should ask them that more often. Yes, you would. Was, oh, you've got to. <laughs> I, I, I'm only I mostly asked, did you drink too much pop, too much coffee, too oh, much alcohol? Oh, sugar. Oh. Uh, and, uh, and, and a lot of times it brings to mind things that they have done 
that they just didn't connect. We only ha- we're out of time, and we'll have to do this again because you are wise. You're a very good doctor, and all the doctors of the world will want to listen to all of this because this is what they've all said forever. Don't blame the doctor and don't blame the insurance company. Let's take personal responsibility. Now, your website to go look for your book, what, what is your website? It's just like the book, 101 Ways to Save Money on Health Care. Okay. And uh, it's, a, it's a Amazon, and there's lots of places. Um, okay. And now, one other you, thing, I, I added a blog. Did you have your own radio talk show? No. no. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought, I, I thought you had a talk show. No, but, but I have now, a blog. On the blog, what is it? And it's 101 Ways to Save Money on Healthcare. Okay. Dot blogspot.com. But if you just go to, like, Amazon and go to my author page, you can find it from there. Well, thank you for joining us. Let's do this again, Doctor. Thank you. And write your notes down. You know what we talked about today, and maybe we can emphasize on another approach to this very, very wise responsibility for each of us to take. I appreciate you calling me. Well, you have a nice day. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Well, I will say to you today, we've learned a lot about how you can live with the nature of the Earth planet and how you live with yourself with the planet. And and I, I can't emphasize, drink eight to ten glasses of water, eat your green vegetables, be smarter, take responsibility, and you will save a lot of money, and you'll live longer. Earth has a secret. Embrace your life every special moment. Earth is whispering. Never say goodbye, because you are going to leave a footprint of importance for the rest of us to be healthier and happier. I want to thank you for listening, and be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com.